So hey, and welcome to episode 94 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I'm Erica, and today we are doing two things. One, we're celebrating one year of this podcast. And two, we're going to talk a little bit about trust and how self-trust and this kind of idea of listening to your body are kind of similar and kind of different. So stay tuned. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So, hey, as I mentioned in that very brief little intro, we're celebrating a year of the podcast, which is really cool. I was just scrolling back to have a look at, you know, I'm thinking, gosh, it must be getting close to a year. And the first episode came out on the 6th of April, 2020. And so as this episode's coming out on the 1st, it's kind of, you know, pretty close to being a year. And when I look back at all of the episodes that have come in the last year, it's pretty amazing, actually. There are so many amazing conversations that I've had with amazing people. Um, There's been a lot of solo episodes as well. And if you haven't sort of looked through the archives, I would highly recommend it. There's some really amazing episodes in there. I've talked to some pretty incredible people, um, some of whom you might have already known, some of whom might have been new to you. Um, You know, I want to name some names, but I don't want to leave anyone out. But I've spoken to Susie Daphnis. I've spoken to Anna Hartman. I've spoken to Shante Cofield, Cario Werko, Chikara Egan. I have spoken to so many amazing people who have shared their stories, who have shared their work, who have shared how movement and mindfulness and self-kindness really can change our lives. So yay for a year, yay for getting through this past year. And, you know, I think the podcast was such a gift for me personally to be able to have these conversations with people. Of course, I love sharing them with you as well, but being able to have them you know, was was actually enough for me to be able to to talk to people about the things that really excite me and move me and uh, get me thinking. So if you've been listening from the start, thank you for being here. If this is your first episode, thank you for being here. Uh, there's so much for you to go back and listen to if you feel inclined to do so. So today I actually thought I was going to have a guest on. Um, but it's just me and that is okay. We roll with it. Um, And I wanted to talk about this idea of self-trust. Now, this is something that probably I've spoken about over the, the course of the past year, but one of the things that is really interesting to me as a movement coach, a movement teacher, is that there is, it's not uncommon to see a lack of self-trust as people move their body. So in a class, you know, 
it's not unusual for people to pipe up and, and ask, you know, am I doing this right? You don't see that as much online because, um, you know, it's just a different kind of environment. But um, certainly when people are in person, they will ask you, am I doing this right? Or you'll see them look around the room or you'll see them look down the camera just to make sure that, you know, they actually have gotten it, quote unquote, right. And one of the things that you'll also hear in a yoga class quite often coming from a teacher or any kind of movement class is this idea to listen to your body. So we're being told, listen to your body, trust yourself. And yet I don't think it's that simple. So I want to talk about how those things maybe are different, maybe how they're similar and what we can do to kind of develop that capacity to trust ourselves. Because one of the things that I think is is really important from a movement perspective. Like if we just kind of rewind here a little bit and we think about why we move, you know, we move because our bodies need it. We need to move. Our bodies use that information to to do a whole bunch of different things. But a big piece of it is just to, to feel good in our body. We move to feel strong. We move so that we are comfortable in our own skin. We move so that we have the, the mobility and the capacity to do the things that we want to do in our lives. And that movement, you know, if you're coming to a yoga mat for the first time or, or a Pilates class or anything like that, the way that you're being asked to move might be quite foreign. And we might not know what it is we're listening for. You know, we get told to listen to your body and it's like, but what am I listening for? Oftentimes, the reason that we end up on the mat, you know, or in the class is because we've actually spent a lot of time not listening to our body. We've spent a lot of time actively ignoring our body. And that is kind of why we end up feeling the way that we do. And so to just be like, okay, we'll just listen to your body is complicated. That is not a simple ask. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's a a bad thing necessarily to be saying. I'm sure I've said it and I'm sure I will continue to say something along those lines as a teacher. But is it helpful? Not always, probably. Because A, maybe we don't know what we're listening for. But B, even if we kind of get an idea of like, okay, I can kind of hear what my body's saying. I don't think a lot of the time we trust it. Because we haven't yet developed that relationship with ourselves that has sort of proven our capacity to be responsive to how we are. Because we've spent all this time ignoring the signs that our body gives us. And I do this too. Like I want to be really clear about the fact that I am far from perfect. I ignore the needs of my body. Just like everybody else, I really do try and do a lot of work towards listening and being responsive and, and, and being kind to myself. But there are definitely times where I actively work against what my body needs. When I want to stay up longer than perhaps my body is really interested in doing. Um, when I, you know, there's so many, there's so many examples I could give you, but I I think you get the idea. Um, So I'm, you know, I'm not perfect, but I think that the desire to learn more, to get more skilled at the listening and at the responding is important. And I want to help you do the same thing um, in your own way. So 
if listening to your body requires trust and we don't yet trust ourselves to be either, you know, doing the movement right or know what to do, you know, like what movement am I supposed to do? Just give me some instructions. How do we actually start to develop that? I think that there's a few things here and I, and I kind of feel like this episode is going to be kind of more questions than answers. And I apologize for that, but I think that, um, this is kind of life, right? Like there are just things to think about perhaps rather than just a hard and fast answers to the questions. So one of the things is trust, you know, requires some level of consistency because if we do something and we do it once, you know, it's just kind of like a one-time thing. And if you did something for me, you know, once, I would love that, right? Like if we were in a relationship and you did a nice thing for me, I don't know, let's, let's say you made me dinner. <laughs> As a, just a funny little example. You made me dinner. You did it once. We haven't yet built up a relationship where I kind of believe or trust that you're going to do that for me on a regular basis. But once we start to do that consistently, then we have this, this kind of body of evidence that, that thing happens on a regular basis. And so this is why, from a movement perspective, creating really good habits for ourselves, creating movement habits that support us to feel the way that we want to feel is really valuable. Because every time we show up for ourselves, we are adding more evidence to that pile of evidence that we're trying to create, that we are kind to ourselves, that we are responsive to our needs, that we can trust ourselves to do those things for ourselves. And so a big part of developing trust is actually just showing up for yourself, even when that trust doesn't yet exist, because we, you know, kind of requires that body of evidence to be like, oh yeah, I, I am consistently showing up for myself. And in that time, you know, that we're building up that body of evidence, we are doing our best to be responsive to our needs. That doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. But what it does mean is that even when we do something thinking that we're being responsive to our body and we're like, yeah, no, it didn't quite hit the mark there. We still take the time to acknowledge that we're, we're trying, Right. Sometimes we think that what we need is, you know, a gentle movement session when maybe what we actually needed was to go out for a vigorous walk or we thought that the kindest thing to do was to get that work finished and stay up for an extra hour when in fact what we really needed was to go to bed. We are not always going to get that right, but I don't think it matters if we don't get it right every single time if we just continually try to listen and be responsive. I think it's a little bit like when we're in a relationship with someone else, we don't always interpret what they're saying to us correctly or in the way that they would like us to interpret it. It doesn't mean though that we stop trying to understand. It doesn't mean that that's the last conversation that we have. It's this ongoing relationship, this ongoing dialogue. And I think we need to look at our relationship with ourselves and with our movement in the same kind of way. It's not like something that you either have or you don't have. It's something that we work with, that we develop, that we build upon in order to 
keep kind of helping ourselves along that path of self-trust and that capacity and ability to listen to what we need. So what have we got? We've got responsivity. We've got being consistent. I also think that it requires a really significant level of curiosity. It's not so much about going in knowing everything. So from a movement perspective, when you sit down on your mat, let's just say that you're not following any videos, you're not following any classes and you just want to move because you're just kind of feeling a bit, you know, in your body. Do you have to know move one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine before you can even start? No, we can lie down and we can just get curious. We can start to move and we can just get curious. I think sometimes we want to know the whole picture before we're willing to take a single step. And this is true everywhere, not just on the yoga mat. Um, And yet sometimes it's just the very act of starting that will reveal the next best thing. And, you know, in some ways there's a level of trust that happens to take that approach. But I also think that that approach then feeds into the self-trust. So it's a little bit of a cyclical kind of circular thing. In that process, we get to learn. Maybe we're learning from ourselves. Maybe we're learning from the classes that we're taking. And we're kind of forever adding to our repertoire. We're adding to this body of information and experience and awareness and exploration that we can draw upon as we move, you know, into the into the next day and the next day and the next day of our exploration. And so I think that the other thing is that it requires patience because, you know, again, we don't need to have the whole picture. We don't need to, to know what am I going to need tomorrow. We don't know yet. We know that probably there's this, this need to show up for ourselves in some way. But do we know exactly what that's going to look like? No, because we're not there yet. We're not that person yet. And so being able to be patient with ourselves, to be curious, to take that time to you know, recognize that it doesn't have to be all mapped out, I think allows us more space to develop self-trust and more space to be able to listen because we're listening for what's actually there rather than just kind of hearing that well-worn track of what we believe to be true. And I actually think that this is actually maybe a segue. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's completely related. But this idea of listening to your body, we as a human species, tell ourselves lots of stories. We are a storytelling people. And some of the stories that we tell ourselves are true. And a lot of the stories that we tell ourselves are not. And we have stories about how we are, how we feel, how we always feel, what happens to us, what always happens to us, the things that go wrong, the things that go right. We tell ourselves these stories. And I think that as a result of that, we have a story about how we are, that we live in day in and day out. I have a bad right knee. My left hip is a bit wonky. I've always got tight shoulders. I never can unclench my teeth. All of these things. And I'm not saying that those stories don't have their place and that they're not helpful and and potentially even that they're not true. But when we are so fixated on our story, it doesn't give us the space to notice what is true today. Because there will be moments where that simply doesn't hold. 
And I think that giving ourselves that freedom to be like, how am I today, today, right now, in this moment, trusting and knowing that that is going to change, trusting and knowing that it is possibly quite different to the story that we have told ourselves. Sometimes it'll be a carbon copy. Sometimes you'll be like, yep, there's that right knee, there's that left hip, whatever it is. But do you give yourself enough space to actually be curious about what is true now and what is needed now? And so, I don't know. I'd love to know what you think about this idea of like, is the question around like listening to your body and trusting yourself, is it more of like not knowing what we're listening for or not trusting what we see? Or here, if we're going to stick with that analogy of listening. Is it a little bit of both? If you want to share your experience, I would love to hear from you. You know, you can come and find me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Web Yoga. I just think it'd be, you know, I, th- I just think it's such an interesting question because maybe it changes too. Maybe sometimes it's one and, and other times it's another and, and sometimes it's a mixture of both. Um But I think that giving ourselves the permission, the space, the time, the patience to start to develop that self-trust is so important. At the end of most of my classes, um, I always invite my students to like take some time to notice what's going on in their own body and to notice if there's like kind of intuitively anything obvious that they want to do next, some way that they want to move, some pose that they want to do, because I think that often the information is there. But we don't always hear it. We don't always trust it. And we don't always act upon it, even if we do trust it. And so having those moments where it's like, okay, I see it, I hear it, and I'm acting on it. Those moments, I think, help to develop self-trust. It's a little bit like when you're thirsty and you go and get a drink. When you notice something in your body, how do you respond to the needs that it presents? And it might be something as simple as, you know, sitting there at your computer or on the couch and noticing, oh, my right shoulder is actually pretty tense. It's pretty tight. It's fairly stiff. And noticing that there is something that you can do in that moment to change the input really into your brain by moving that part of your body, by breathing, by, you know, changing your position in some way. These things don't always need to be complicated. And I think sometimes we are put off in our self-trust and and that listening because our response can be pretty simple in a lot of ways. You know, we roll our shoulders, we um, we change position, position we shift and, and create something different for ourselves. And, and, you know, sometimes I don't think we think that that's, that that's enough. But what if we allow it to be enough, at least in the moment, at least as we're developing that sense of self-trust? I think that there's a lot of value in that. All right. hope all of those thoughts came together. (laughs) I hope they make sense. I feel like they are a little bit of a jumble in my mind because it's, as I said before, I think it's, it's questions rather than answers. But I hope that that gives you some food for thought. I'd love to hear what you think. And... Happy one year anniversary to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. As I said at the start, so thrilled really to be through the first year, a year that was complicated on so many levels, 
and yet so full of amazing conversations, amazing people, so willing to share their wisdom and challenges and stories and, you know, everything. It's been great. And, of course, we're just getting started. So I will be back next week. Until then, keep being kind to yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Webb Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon.